Okay, God, in our reading today, God is going to say that, because the, um, the Corinthians were, um, were asking, asking Paul, what's it going to be like when we die? And, and um, what, kind of, what kind of body will we, what kind of body will we get? Um, and, and Paul says to them, the picture that he gives them is that their body is like a, um, is like a seed. And when you die, it's like planting it. Um, and when it's raised again, when um, God makes everything new, you'll get a new body. In the same way that that seed, um, when you put it in the ground, it, it comes back up and it's still the same being. It's still the same organism. It's still the same thing. Um, but it's taken on a different it's taken on a different body for a different season, and a different place. So when so when we die, it's like our bodies are like a seed. And we put it in in the ground, um, and when Jesus comes back and everybody is raised again, um, we'll get a new body. It'll still be us, but our old bodies they kind of wear out. Um, they they're kind of sinful. They make you know they uh, drag us into doing things that are wrong, um, and eventually they die. But our new body, uh, it'll be strong. It'll do the right thing, um, and it'll be uh, an everlasting body, which is which is fitted for living in heaven. So I love this picture um, that we have of um, that our body is like a seed and it grows to be a plant. That doesn't mean, by the way, um, that when you get to heaven, you'll look like a plant. No, uh, you have a new resurrection body and it'll be like Jesus' resurrection body, like his, uh, when he was seen after the resurrection, it was the same, but in a sense, because you could tell it was Jesus, but they could tell it was different too. And that's what it would be like for us. Okay. So, we've been thinking about this question um, about, let me share this with you. Why does the church need to, need to physically meet? Um, and it's been a difficult time, hasn't it? Um, and yet Zoom has been really good to us, and really good for us, and we've been able to, um, we've been able to meet together, um, and lots of us have been able to come. Um, why do we need to physically meet? And I wanted to kind of answer this question because it's um, it takes a lot of answering. The answers are maybe not um, not really uh, obvious to us. And it's not, it's not to put pressure on people to physically meet. It's just to remind us of where we need to go um, in, in the long term. And obviously, these are decisions that we'll have to make along the way as, um, as lockdown changes. But we need to, to physically meet because we're bodily made. Um, our Christian lives are lived out through our bodies. Um, our life of, of worship is expressed through our bodies. Um, we are creatures with bodies and we miss vital aspects of non-verbal communication when we meet, uh, meet together digitally. It's great, but it's not as great uh, as meeting physically. We're bodily saved. Jesus um, took on a physical body so that he could die. Um, it's through his body um, that our salvation is achieved um, and he leaves us a physical sacrament. A, a sacrament is a, a thing we need to physically do together, break bread and pour wine and, and share it. Um, uh, and he leaves us, that's, the, that's his uh, prescribed reminder um, of his physical death in, in physical bread and wine. And the third, I think those two are, are, are relatively obvious reasons. The third one may be, may be less so. Um, we are going to be bodily raised. Uh, and that's what I want us to get from this morning. And our gathered worship, um, even in Staines Kong on a Sunday morning, should be a foretaste 
of our heavenly worship. And our heavenly worship will be a gathered bodily worship. Um, so our worship now should reflect that and be a gathered bodily worship. Because I think so many Christians, they anticipate dying and going to heaven. I think they understand that much. Meaning that when we die, our, our souls go to heaven, even as our bodies are buried and, and decay in the ground. But for many people, that's it. That's uh, as far as they think. But that's not the Christian hope. That's not the totality of it. This is true, but there is more. Jesus will return um, and everyone will be bodily raised. Yes, we will, we will die unless Jesus comes first um, and our souls will, will go to heaven. Um, think of the thief on the cross. Jesus said to him, uh, truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. If you, if you die tonight, your soul would go immediately to be with Jesus. Or as Paul says to the Philippians, um, I desire to depart and be with Christ but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. He knew that if he departed, he would go straight away um, and, and be with Jesus. But there is more to our future hope than this. Uh, one day Jesus will return. Um, on that day, everyone will be bodily raised. Um, and then there will be uh, a judgment. Some will be thrown into uh, eternal punishment. Uh, but on that day, the Lord will make a whole new creation, a new earth um, with a new sky. And the Lord will come and live with us in this new, uh, this new creation. And it will be a, a bodily experience. And I, I think this is the greatest part of the Christian hope. That one day I look out the window, there'll be a world which in some ways will be recognisable like this, except everything uh, all that is sinful will have gone from it all the effects of sin will go from it and there'll be no mourning or crying or death or pain because those are the old order of things and they will have passed away so the corinthians of uh, church are making are making this mistake um, they've got the wrong end of the stick um, and they think uh, because they are speaking in tongues um, that they somehow are raised now, that they're already raised, that they have an angelic existence, so that they're raised. They think this is what it means to be spiritual. And so they're doing some strange things like they're, they think because they're spiritual, they're almost like angels now. They're separating from their husbands and wives. If you remember 1 Corinthians um, 7. But the problem is they can't conceive that um, of a bodily resurrection. They can't get their heads round that the, the body might be part of what God has in the long-term future for them. Um, so we're going to work our way through 1 Corinthians 15. It's a long reading, so uh, we'll, we'll split it up into chunks, and I'll just try and say the minimum in between. It's, uh, it speaks for itself, I think. So Bill um, is going to take for us, just read to us, 1 Corinthians 15, um, 1 to 19. This is 1 to 19 then. The resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to, to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, 
most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I, I persecuted the church of God. But by grace, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with, was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. The resurrection of the dead. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how come some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are, we are then found to be false witness, witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did, not he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are, we are of all people most to be pitied. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, so let's just think, let's think this a little bit through before we, before we go on. Um, that was a reading. So Paul says to them, um, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached. Um, what I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He says this is the common ground uh, on, which we, on which they agree. He's not, trying to, um, he's not trying to prove this to them. He's just trying to um, remind them um, of what their common belief. He says this is what you believed, um, that Christ rose from the dead. Um, but it provides us with a, uh, a useful little reminder, a useful little summary um, of, of the witnesses to the, uh, to the risen Christ. And he says this is uh, of first importance. Um, this is the, the basic gospel. Um, Christ died for sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that we, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Um, that, that's it. So if you wonder what your kids need to know, um, if you wonder what you need to teach in Sunday school come the day we get back to Sunday school. If you wonder what new Christians need to know, um, this is it. It's very basic. Um, Christ, in other words, God the Son, um, came in flesh. Um, Christ died for sins, that he died as an atonement, that there is in, in, in the midst of, of, of our gospel this, um, uh, this exchange this exchange of, uh, of Christ's death for our sins, and that he was raised according to the scriptures. Um, that is um, the, the fundamental gospel. It's very basic. Sorry, I've got something in the wrong order. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen today. Um, okay. No, I think that's it. But can, can then Johanna... Um, let me just get this in the right order. Sorry. 
Yeah, yeah, Hannah, can you read this for us? Can you read um, uh, 1 Corinthians um, 15, 20 to 28? Yep. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that, that, that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Thanks, Hannah. As you can tell, I'm getting myself all smock ruffled um, in my PowerPoint. So let me let me just try and uh, get to the right place. Uh, so some logical consequences, um, Paul says, uh, going back to Bill's bit, if it's preached that Christ has been raised uh, from the dead, um, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? Um, so the Corinthians are struggling with this idea um, that, that they are going to be bodily raised at some point in the future. Uh, and Paul says to them very simply, if, if, the, if the dead are not raised, Christ is not raised. You can't deny one um, and, and affirm the other. Um, if you deny that the resurrection is a possibility, then Jesus was not raised. And if Jesus is not raised, he says to them, then our preaching, which, which they believed, he reminds them, uh, is futile. Uh, and worse than that, it was um, it, it was a lie. And so if, he says to them, if, if, you, if you don't believe in bodily resurrection, then Christ was not raised, in which case you, you, you've believed something which was untrue. And if you've believed something was untrue, you are still in your sins. You're not actually Christians at all. And actually then the same is true for those you love who've died already. If He says to them, if you deny a bodily resurrection going forward, then Christ has not been raised. In which case, you uh, are still in your sins, and so are those that you love that, that have died already. If there's no life to come, he says, we are to be uh, the people most um, pitied. Because as Christians, our lives are oriented to the future. As Christians, uh, we make sacrifices, we make decisions um, based on, on the future that is coming um, in, in Christ. Um, and if there is no future... Um, then all those decisions that we made uh, were, were pointless and we are the people most to be pitied. But he said, as, as Christ, uh, um, as Johanna reminded us, Christ has been raised um, and he's been raised as the first fruits. Um, and the first fruits was the first bit of the crop you took in, you cut the first bit down and you celebrated it um, because it meant that there was a whole crop um, coming after it. Um, and Paul says to them, if you are in Adam, 
which you are by your birth, um, then you will one day uh, physically die. If you are in Christ, which you are by faith in him, then one day you will be, you will be made uh, alive in, in him. It follows as a logical consequence uh, of being in Christ. If there's no resurrection from the dead, Christ has not been raised. There is no Christianity. There is no faith. If Christ has been raised from the dead, then because you are united with him, um, then one day you too uh, will be, be raised. But he's the first fruits and you won't be raised um, until he returns. Let's read a little bit more. So Sarah uh, McAndrew, you're going to read that for us. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptised from the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptised for them? As for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Thanks. So Paul says there are some logical consequences. If Christ is not raised, there is, um, if, if there is no uh, bodily resurrection, Christ has not been raised, there is no Christian faith. Um, but Christ um, has been raised, and because of that, um, if you are in Christ, you will be raised. Uh, but he wants to make some moral arguments as well, just to make sure uh, the Corinthians are getting the point. Um, if there's no resurrection, why get baptised um, for the dead? Now, this is a really strange thing. Uh, we find it in 1 Corinthians 15 and one writer says there are at least 40 different opinions on what this passage means uh, which means basically that nobody really knows why what are they doing getting baptized for the dead it sounds like um, the, the Corinthians are either getting baptized uh, maybe for family members who become Christians but didn't get a chance to be baptized or maybe they're getting baptized for other people who never became Christians um, on the hope that somehow um, that would count um, as faith for them and Paul says, what's the point? If there's no resurrection, they, they've just died. Why would you get baptised for them? And he's, then he says, why would you go through, um, why go through uh, all the danger and the pain uh, and the trial of gospel ministry? I think he's kind of like talking about himself, isn't he? Uh, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? What's the point? Look at us. Um, we're he says we're, we're going uh, through struggle we're going through trial uh, we're laying things aside um, for the sake of ministry why would we do that if there's no resurrection of the dead if there's no bodily resurrection coming why not just party hard let us eat and drink um, for tomorrow we die he's trying to just uh, point out to them the absurdity uh, of this argument but there are some people who are taking this kind of view because there's no bodily resurrection, what you do with your bodies doesn't really matter. Um, so let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Paul's answer to that is don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. He says stay away from people who think like this. 
bad company corrupts good character. It's great advice. Uh, I kind of, uh, a bit like Solomon telling his son before he goes to uni. Um, I think that's great advice for those moments in life where uh, you get a fresh opportunity to, to pick your friends. Um, bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses you are and stop sinning. Um, stay away from people who think like this uh, because they're leading you astray. Okay, let's have a little bit more. Ian's going to read to us uh, from uh, verses 35 to 44. I'm mute. Great. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just the seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendour of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendour of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendour, the moon another, and the stars another, and the star differs from star in splendour. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thanks, Ian. So we get to the nub of the question, or at least the nub of the Corinthians question. Um, how, how are the dead um, raised? Um, this is the Corinthians' real struggle. They can't believe that a, a body is a good thing and that God might want to give us a new body. They can't conceive, therefore, bodily life after death. And so Paul calls them uh, uh, foolish. And by that, I think he simply means they've left God out of this uh, equation. And Paul uses um, two, I think, great pictures. When we come back to, he uses the picture uh, of, of a seed. And I think the thing we need to notice um, is that one thing through death can have two modes of existence. That's really our, our key thought for this morning. One thing, one living thing through death can have two modes of existence. It can have, uh, it can have two different bodies. There is a continuity um, from this first body to the same body. It's the same plant that grew out of the same seed, um, but two very different kind of modes of, of existence. So there is continuity um, from the one life to the other life, but it's a continuity through um, transformation. So Paul says, think of the different kinds of bodies in the universe. There are different kinds of flesh, he says. Um, there, there's one for people. Uh, we have a kind of body. It's one kind of flesh. There's a different kind of flesh for animals. They have a different kind of body. It has uh, maybe hooves or claws or, or tails because they live in a different kind of way. There's a different kind of body for birds. They have feathers because they need to fly. They live in the air. It's a different kind of body 
um, for fish because they, they live in, in water, they have gills, um, etc. And the point Paul is making is that these different organisms have different kinds of uh, flesh, different kinds of body that's uh, adapted um, to their environment, um, adapted to their existence. And he says um, there are different kinds of um, bodies altogether. There are um, earthly bodies and, and there are heavenly bodies. But it, again, each is adapted to its own um, circumstances. Each is glorious in its own way, but some of them are brighter than others. And so it is with us. We have a body now which is uh, adapted uh, to sinful, decaying earth. It's a weak body. It's a body that brings us... Um, shame and we need a body that's going to be adapted to the glorious new creation that God has planned and so Paul calls the first one our natural body and he calls the second one our spiritual body it's it's not going to be less real but it's spiritual and it's going to be adapted to doing what the spirit of God wants us to do and it's going to be able to do it um, perfectly So one day, this body that you have now, you, you will sow it. Unless Christ returns first, you will sow your current body. And that in, uh, it, it will die. Um, and it will either be cremated or it'll be um, interred. And in that sense, you will sow it. It will be put in the earth um, like a seed. And this body, body that we have, it, it is perishable. We know that. Uh, we're, we're subject to decay. It is dishonourable, we know that. It keeps uh, drawing us into sin. Um, they're doing things that we don't want to do. It, it is weak. Um, it can only do so much stuff. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is, is weak. That's your natural body. But it will be raised in a body that's fitted to the new um, creation. I can't tell you exactly what that is going to look like, but Paul says to the Philippians uh, that when Jesus returns we will be made like him. So whatever Jesus' resurrection body looked like to the range of witnesses that we see in the, in the beginning of the chapter, that's what it's going to look like. But the important thing is, is about its nature. It is an imperishable body. It is a body that doesn't wear out. It is a body that doesn't get old. It's a body that doesn't die. It will be a, a glorious body. In the sense that it won't bring us dishonor anymore. What a great thing. It's a glorious body and it's a body that will do the right thing. Uh, a body through which we will bring glory um, to, to uh, God on the throne and the Lamb. It will be a powerful body. It will be empowered to do all that it's supposed to do um, without failure um, at any point in time. And this is your um, spiritual body. It is um, spiritual in that it's fitted um, for the new creation. So let's just read to the end of the chapter. As it's written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual didn't come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. First man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. And as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, that's us. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven, that's us, we trust in Christ. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, 
so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man when he comes we will be made like him i declare to you brothers and sisters that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable we cannot uh, the meek will inherit the earth and we cannot get into the the kingdom of god the new creation in these bodies that just won't work in it um, we need uh, uh, the perishable can't inherit the imperishable we need a new uh, eternal body paul says listen i tell you a mystery we will not all sleep but we will all be changed some will be alive when christ returns uh, it may not be us but whoever it is we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable we have to get these new imperishable bodies and the mortal with immortality and when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death has been um, swallowed up in victory where O oh, death is your victory where O oh, death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to god he gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the lord because you know that your labor in the lord is not in vain well that's interesting so we may not all die as we said some will be alive when jesus returns but whether uh, those who are alive when he returns and and those who have already died when jesus returns will be changed into new uh, imperishable bodies and when we all have imperishable bodies death will have been defeated it sounds kind of obvious but it's a what a great truth that when we all have imperishable bodies there there is no more death death has been defeated and jesus has the victory we will have had the victory so our heavenly worship when we gather around the throne um, and when we uh, when we are in heaven to 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 worship the, the lamb we won't be sitting on clouds can't be watching uh, recordings of the repair shop don't know whether you like that um, and repeatedly people say that their um, that their ancestors to whom the object, ob, objects belong uh, are looking down on them um, and i wonder whether they have any real reason uh, for saying that and uh, someone said the other day oh uh, their grandfather or whatever would be would be sitting on his cloud um, and enjoying this well, can i tell you two things one you only raised uh if you're in christ and if you're in christ um, then you're raising to new life um, is inevitable and can i tell you a second thing you won't be um, some kind of soul or angel sitting on a cloud uh, you will be you except you will have been transformed um, into a new imperishable you a new you um, that perfectly obeys god um, a, a new you that has a powerful body and in that body uh, we will worship god and we will worship the lamb so we need to worship in body because that's what we're going to do in heaven we need to worship in bodies because we need to get some practice in now
Let me pray. Father God, it's a big chapter with lots of truths, but the truths boil down to the fact that if we're in Christ, we will be raised. We will have a resurrection body like Jesus has a resurrection body, resurrection body on one day. We will gather around your throne and, and literally standing on our own two feet, we will worship you. And our earthly worship needs to be a foretaste of that. And we are longing for the day when we can uh, stand together uh, in Stains Calm and worship you on our feet, and worship you on our knees if we need to, and hear your word together. Because that's your plan. That's your plan not just for now, but that's your plan for eternity. We pray, Lord, speed on that day uh, when we can meet together um, physically. Lord, give us great wisdom as to how quickly or how slowly to move towards that. We do so need your wisdom and your help in this time. And we ask that you give it to us in Jesus' name.